0: Days we've had some interesting conversations on the national level about health care right you got uh, the the self-declared or media declared leader for the democratic nomination kamala harris saying we elimin- need to eliminate private health insurance companies you got howard schultz former ceo of starbucks saying that's a terrible idea
1: I'm joined by old michael bloomberg yeah well this is most likely the biggest political slash economic story of the next decade. And uh, for the longest time, we've appealed to Craig Gottwalls, previously known as Craig the Obamacare lawyer, the artist previously known as. Mm. Uh, we're thinking we need a new moniker for you, Craig, because it's not about Obamacare. Craig the health care guru. A- attorney. Okay. Guru. I'll take that. Well, what do you think, Jack? Craig the health care guru. Guru's pretty good. Normally, think of gurus wearing robes. Don't be stuck in or your tur- conventional. T- I, will I will adjust my attire accordingly. Some but, sort of uh, turban. Some sort of turban. All right. So listen, uh, as an introduction, uh, here is uh, here are some poll numbers from the Kaiser uh, Health uh, folks about the popularity of the idea of uh, universal health care, Medicare for all, that sort of thing. It, and while it is interesting in what it indicates about our opinion on that topic it also is an absolutely beautiful three hundred and sixty degree spherical description of the american voter listen to this please
0: a kaiser family foundation poll put support for medicare for all at fifty six percent but when asked if that means it would lead to delays in getting medical tests and treatment seventy percent opposed it huh. and if it threatens the current medicare program sixty percent opposed that and if it requires most Americans to pay more in taxes, 60% opposed. Here is. Experts say provide Medicare for all, yeah. taxes would have to
1: go up to pay for it, while quality, <laughs> choice, and access to care would go down. All right, here is what I mean. The American voters are squarely in favor of this policy. Until they know the first thing about it. Yeah,
0: we don't need the healthcare guru. We need Thomas Jefferson and John Adams in here to explain whether or not democracy can work, where people are, whether or not people are smart
1: enough to govern themselves. Direct democracy, because oh, obviously, well, yeah. that that is very troubling. Isn't that stunning? Isn't that stunning? are in favor of surgery until you mention that they have to cut you open to do it. Then 70% are against it. Uh, All right, then. All right, so, Craig, let's get into the guts of, of the most interesting part of the stuff you sent us to me was the question of how much each patient costs per year, Right. the various ways medical care are provided through the government or private insurance <laughs> in America, Right. and how misleading those numbers can be. Can you run that down for us kind of quick, and we'll jump in and out? Yeah, and think
2: about this as I'm going through this. Think about um, the current way, just think about that poll we just heard, and the current way the media and the public works, and... Why, uh, you know, getting to the end of the story, I think the punchline is we will end up socialized by 2030, which is what I've said all along yeah, in here. I you, mean, it, you have been saying that it's, the whole it's, time. It's bad for my business. It's that's not a self. Uh, that, that is not something I am hoping for, obviously. Right. But it's where I think we're going. So, if you look at the cost per person of person on Medicaid, remember Medicaid is for is what we we do for the people of low income. It's only $3,500 per person per year. Boy, that's really efficient medical care, Incredibly Craig. Incredibly efficient. That's right. Uh, now, if you look at the cost per person in the VA of per person treated, the VA likes to talk about per person covered, but there are millions of people that never get in and get treatment in a given year. So if you look at just yeah, I heard about that. per person treated, it's 9750 per year. Now, okay, still, that's less than 10-ger. Yeah, okay. it's not bad. It's not bad. You're right. Now, if you look at the cost of Medicare, again, remember, now, Medicare is for the oldsters, so it's going to generally cost a little bit more because you're dealing with the elder population, 13500 per year. And then when you look at what an employer pays on average nationwide, it's also 13500 per year. So a lot of people would look at that and say, well, wait a minute, if you're paying $13,500 for Medicare and you're paying $13,500 already for employer coverage, why can't we just... Move those dollars around and roll out Medicare for all because it's the same overall cost structure as
1: employer coverage. Okay, and here comes the great part, the numbers behind the numbers. Yeah, now this is the
2: part where it gets hard and where I predict uh, politicians will be unable to cut through and the the media and the public will not understand. We have a, a phenomenon in healthcare called the Medicare price shift. And basically, it's driven because legislatively for 30 plus years now, Medicare and Medicaid are only allowed to inflate at 1% per year. So what a doctor gets paid to treat you can only be 1% more next year than what he received this year if it's within Medicare and Medicaid. All right. However, healthcare clearly goes up by four to 5% per year every year, just raw healthcare inflation. So what does that mean? Well, it means you have to take the 30 to 40% of the population that's on private medicine, private healthcare, and that's where the negotiation happens. So instead of increasing the cost of your private insurance by 4 to 5% each year, it has to go up 8 to 10% every year to account for the fact that otherwise hospitals and doctors would be making less than it costs them to treat you. This is what we call the hidden tax within Medicare, the cost shift.
0: So just to summarize That's briefly... That's the first time I've understood why that happens. That's interesting. Tell me if I got this right,
1: Craig. Yep. So you have your universal people who need health care. Everybody on the big government health care plans, the government is reimbursing the doctors at below their costs, and, and it's, I mean, it's... It's well, yeah. way less in the case of it's Medicare, right? Medicaid, Medicaid, Medicaid the low income right? one sometimes pays half of what a raw cost is to a
2: doctor. Right, but they have to take at least some of those patients by law. So uh, well they 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 have to take some of them uh, I wouldn't say by law, but politically it's necessary. Right. You okay. can't just say, I'm not going to take any government health care. Yeah, if
1: Kaiser, for instance, announced, and sorry right. to single you out, Kaiser, but. Yeah, they it, would if, lose favor with the government uh, in a big way. It would be disastrous. Right. So, anyway, uh, all these medical companies and are taking l- losses essentially, right. or not getting compensated enough to keep the doctors employed. And doctors are leaving the industry in the droves. Somebody has to pay super premium extra to keep that going. And that's private health insurance consumers. And, And it's just become right now where
2: the amount we pay as a private employer is about mirroring exactly what Medicare is. Go figure. Now that's why these people are starting to say, let's just go Medicare for all because on the surface, everything looks like the same cost. But the reality is, so one way to think about it is, if a medical procedure costs a dollar, okay, Medicaid, the low-income one, is only reimbursing like sixty-five cents on that dollar. Medicare, the one we do for oldsters, reimburses about eighty-five cents on that dollar. Private health care reimburses about hundred and thirty percent of that dollar. Buck thirty, a buck thirty. So every time, every year that goes forward, next year Medicare is going to go up by one percent. Your plan is going to go up by nine percent, and what? that's going to keep
1: marching forward, infinity. To match healthcare inflation, And why this really matters in terms of public policy is if you're trying to figure out what uh, Medicare for all would cost, for instance, that's right. It is vastly more than the cost per person times the number of people who'd be right. in- involved because the private insurance industry, which is subsidizing all of this pouring money to make all those medical things possible at the cost, that will be eliminated in Kamala Harris's world. And so all of a sudden you sign up for Medicare for All and it is, you know, thirty percent more expensive or whatever than you even thought it was going to be. To
0: make it perfectly clear, uh you believe Howard Schultz and Michael Bloomberg are more right than Kamala Harris on their predictions.
2: Abundantly more right. right. One other thing people aren't repeating in this latest Kamala Harris issue is uh, remember, Obamacare on paper is scheduled to cost us $2 trillion over 10 years, okay? When we price out Medicare for all, healthcare economists and actuaries hired by the federal government, not me, say that cost is $32 trillion over Whoa. 10 years. Oh my God! Ooh. 16-fold, right? Or, yeah. Right. Wow. So and I think a lot of our
0: listeners might get hung up on this, especially people who've never heard you before, because you said at the beginning you think we're going to be at socialized medicine by 2030 within 10 years, roughly. Why do you say that? Because and and that's not your wish. That's just what you think is going to happen. Obviously, you get paid to figure out what you think is going to happen.
2: I I get my compensation lies in the fact that I'm accurate for employers. Um, Look, I say that just because of somebody who has read Orwell and read Huxley (laughs) and read these novels and read Ayn Rand and now sees what's happening in the modern media where everything has to be a twitter bite and if the twitter bite is private employer health care costs 135 per person and medicare costs 135 per person why do we have profit on people's sickness let's get rid of that and put everybody that wins the twitter bite wins the The explanation of the Medicare cost shift and the inflation of prices over here, squeezing the balloon and making it fat over there, that doesn't win politically unless we have somebody incredibly gifted who's able to make that case on a national level, and I just haven't seen that happen in 20 years of politics. And
0: I don't even know if that would exist in the modern attention span anyway. I, right. d- I don't even know if it's possible. I'm, I don't know if anybody's got the patience for an explanation.
1: Right. Uh, Craig uh, Gotwalls, Craig the healthcare guru is with us. Um. Yeah, the siren song of quote-unquote free is just irresistible to to governments um, and to people, to voters. And the idea that, um, for instance, you know, over in Great Britain, our close ally, it's a modern society. They're not paying for uh, medical care. It's free. I mean, number one, nothing's free. Or Canada. But, or Canada, right. Uh, we got this great note from a listener. I don't know if you heard it the other day. She was talking about living in England and how there is the cheap crappy, unresponsive, abusive, like the VA on a bad day, like the post office on a bad day, government health care, or if you have the money, you have private doctors who treat you like kings and queens, um, and, and that will be the situation in the United States, and I would submit to you, for a lot of people who are working class people or, or struggling, the quality of their health care will get worse.
2: Abundantly so. Where this goes, by the way, which we haven't actually talked a lot about in my years on the show, is... We can't afford Medicare for all. They can say that. They could get elected on it, like I've heard you guys talking about as maybe AOC's goal. Where we could end up is Medicaid for all. Now, remember, Medicaid is the low-income one that, that pays doctors something like 60 cents on the dollar. That's when we end up with the English system, okay. where the, the amount of doctors that take it is less than a third of all doctors, and those that actually get good care are the ones that buy this concierge care uh, over and above what the state right. provides Medicaid
0: you. is the one that the current stats are you have better health results without it than with it. That's right. They're having there, nothing than having There are
2: university studies done on full states that show your health outcome is is maybe the same, maybe worse if you have because it takes because it's a false sense of security and you think you mm. have coverage but it takes Ooh. so long to get in and see oh a doctor God. that things uh. get worse.
1: Wow, that's interesting. We got another note from a beloved listener BJ who's a vet and uh, has skin cancer and just called and they said come on in in May. Skin cancer. And that's the VA. And, you know, the VA in some places is trying really hard, but it's in dire need of reform. And that's a very small universe. Yeah. Vets compared to the population of the United States, you know. In preparation for this morning, I
2: did a little research on the VA, and what I found was a couple interesting stats that you guys will love. One is the VA reported, recently, the VA reported their average wait time is eight days for a primary care doctor. When that was independently verified by an auditor, it was 27 days. Holy cow. Right? So then the VA put in this new care program, this new choice program that said, look, if your wait's going to be more than 30, used to be 30, now it's 20 days, mm-hmm. you can go out and see another doctor. You can go out and see a private doctor. Well, that auditor also found out that the average wait time in that program is 52 days because of all the bureaucracy
1: involved. Wow. To get approval to get the 20 right, days because pass. of all the
2: paperwork to get the pass.
1: That's right. So yeah, it, it that, doubled your normal wait time. That that was like the uh, Beethoven's 5th symphony. Of illustrating bureaucracy, government health care. Hey, we, we That's have, astounding.
0: We have got to take a break. Do you? How about uh, this? Or uh, if you Do you have a question? Text us, 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. Is there anything we haven't struck on you would like to ask, you wonder about? All right, let's go to break then. The idea that we're going to have socialized health care by 2030 is troubling, according to Craig. You're listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Looking at a mishmash of the text as we talk with our healthcare guru. guru. Um, a lot of people always bring up the deductibles because that that strikes people. That's that's where the rubber meets the road for a lot of people every year <laughs> is your right. deductible. It's where you really notice things. Um, I'm in that situation right now. Um, but you said something. God, you said it to me when Joe was getting his uh, cool new hip. when
2: you're driving up the prices in our healthcare system joe for an unnecessary hip yeah fine (laughs) benefited
0: me and i asked you what the near term is and you said things are going to get slower more expensive and worse
2: (laughs) so is that still the case absolutely as as we move toward a medicaid for all type of system you're going to have exactly what your 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 listener wrote in about these incredibly long wait times, it'll be similar to the VA or anything else you hear about
1: with respect to socialized medicine. Why would you expect it to be anything else? Because you were promised by a really gifted politician that it would be wonderful, it would be a utopia. And, and we're people stupid? fall for that siren song over and over and over again. Yes. Yes, I, you know, I try to explain to my kids, there are political messages you will hear through your life that are the, hey, I got these speakers from where I work. <laughs> they are well crafted lies that get the gullible they 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 capture the gullible's imagination over and over and over again through history it's just the way mankind works and it's a shame we got this email why is healthcare so expensive why does it keep going up 30 seconds or less yeah exactly there, there are there are 100 page papers written on that and those are the shorter ones um
2: the the shortest answer the easiest thing to latch onto is uh as we talk about healthcare going up 4 to 5% raw amount every year Roughly 20% of that is drugs. So Rx is clearly the, the biggest driver in healthcare. care, um, the pharmaceutical companies. Now, a, a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's so much research and development that goes on in that system because it is still a profit-driven system. So that's where companies can funnel their efforts. Um, when you get into a 100% socialized system where you take the profit out of things like that, we won't get a lot of new drugs, and drugs will be cheaper as we're all using existing generics.
1: Is a as a really short answer, but much less innovation and, and much new less innovation. Drugs. Yeah,
2: and, and, and you got to remember, uh, the United States is the is the number one Western country where profit still exists in healthcare. So it's not just drugs; it's uh, better MRI technology, better CT scans, uh, faster ways to build amazing titanium and and, and porcelain hips. Right? So we, got, we that got
0: stuff exists. We've got one minute. We got this. text, this is a good one. Maybe okay. this is unanswerable. What should I do? A one text or ask, which is a good question. Other than, you know, vote in such a way that you think you can stop this, what do you do? Just save your money? Try to be healthy? Is there anything you should <laughs> do with yes. the coming world of healthcare?
2: Yeah, save your money, try to be healthy. Enroll in an HSA if your employer uh, offers that. Put all the money, account. all that money in the HSA, and then don't spend the money. Is one thing I tell people: max out what you put in the HSA, and then when you go to the doctor to pay, pay out of pocket. Don't touch the HSA because you're going to need that when you retire.
1: And you you're going to need that indefinitely, you keep it forever, right. and you're going to need that
2: money when we go Medicaid.
1: Craig, the healthcare guru, first in a series of chats. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips?
3: Another Democrat's hat in the presidential ring. We got another major admission by the Catholic Church in the U.S. and new security worries spring.
0: Security worries. Is this another attempt to get the Super Bowl in the news or real? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Boy, is there anything about that conversation we just had about healthcare that doesn't make you want to stick your head in the oven which by the way is not covered by insurance
1: <laughs> hey listen if uh, and i forgot this i'm a bad uh, radio host i'm a bad friend um if you need uh, help with your company's uh, benefits that sort of thing it's uh, craig deals mostly with bigger companies hundred employees or more but he can refer you to somebody if you're smaller um we have his contact information at armstrongandgetty.com You can just go to benefit-revolution.com, benefit-revolution.com.
0: That was very interesting, very important, among the most important uh, conversations you could have in America. Yep. Maybe the most important. On the other hand, it was a real downer for this Super Bowl party (laughs) that started with hot cheese dip. Oh, Oh. I'm still eating. Two hours ago. Well, you still donuts. Yeah, I got donuts, we got cheese dip, it's our... Pre-Pre-Super Bowl <laughs> yes. party. Or pre-diabetes party. Yeah. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips.
3: Well, New Jersey Senator Cory Booker announcing his 2020 run for president this morning. His rollout video included one of his earliest memories about how he saw changes come about by people working together. When I was a baby, my parents tried to move us into a neighborhood with great public schools, but realtors
0: wouldn't sell us a home because of the color of our skin. A group of white lawyers who had watched the courage of civil rights activists were inspired to help black families in their own community, including mine. And they changed the course of my entire life. Because in America, courage is contagious. Booker going I on. wish you could see Sean pantomiming <laughs> the, the piano parts to dun, that.
1: Dun.
3: <laughs> 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 Booker going on to say that that example set the stage for him. So over 20 years ago, I moved into the
0: central ward of Newark to fight slumlords and help families stay in their homes. I still live there today, and I'm the only senator who goes home to a low-income inner city community, the first community that took a chance on me. That's
1: good stuff right there. It is good. It's good politics. Both his parents were IBM executives. um, And so pitching the whole hard scrabble black man story, he's got to reach for... The housing discrimination thing, which is fine. It's legitimate, and it's a really interesting story. Somebody
0: will push back against that, whether Absolutely. that's true or not.
1: But Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, his thing has been, since he you know, came onto the scene, I am the classic civil rights guy. Content of the character, working across the aisles, bringing understanding. Um, that's been his pitch. And now is the days of uh, Antifa and... Yeah. and uh, uh, and social justice warriors and constant anger and black people are, or white people are evil, rather. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that plays in the current whipped up, ridiculous, uh, civil uh, lack of rights atmosphere.
0: I think he's uh, leading the game in, uh, in, uh, in education bragging rights. Having gone to Stanford, Yale, and Oxford as a Rhodes Scholar and college football player.
1: Yeah, right. Kamala's got degrees dripping yeah. off her, too. Oh, yeah. You know was oh, yeah. a Rhodes Scholar? Yeah. Bill
3: Clinton. How'd that yep. go? Yeah. Um, oh, no, blue dress. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: yeah, Cory Booker, not married. 49, never been married. Yeah, we've 50, never 50, single and neat. We've never had a... Uh, certain, certainly in modern times, we haven't had a single bald president. Either of those things.
3: Mm. We'll see. It's
0: time. You think it's time?
3: Catholic church leaders in Texas identified 286 priests and others who've been accused of sexually abusing children representing all the state's diocese except Fort Worth. They had previously released their own list of abusing priests. It's not clear whether whether any of the names released could lead to any prosecution. Of the 286 men, 172 have died. Some of these allegations go back as far as 1950. The release of the information from Texas coming after Pennsylvania put out a report last August on the abuse of children by more than 300 priests over seven decades, and after the Illinois Attorney General reported last month at least 500 Catholic clergy in that state had sexually abused children.
1: Can you imagine if Texas had said there were 50 priests that were victimizing children? How horrible that would be. Okay, now picture six of those squads of 50 child molesting perverts fanning out across the state to do their evil. That's the situation. It's and it's just been unreal. going on for... Maybe centuries. I don't know. Well, who knows? Well, yeah, almost certainly. And as you point out, Illinois with its 500. Right. Great, Scott. Right.
3: The FBI The FBI is saying that security officials are being inundated with drones flying around the Atlanta stadium that will host the Super Bowl <laughs> on Sunday.
1: Oh, and did you see that uh, footage? Somebody was trying to shine a laser pointer in Tom Brady's eyes during the, oh, AFC, really? the NFC championship. The AFC championship. Wow. Yeah, I can, no, yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. Yep. I'm surprised there's one play where you can see it clearly on his jersey moving up and wow. down as he moves. And... I'm surprised oh, that okay. hasn't
0: happened before, and that would
1: significantly have an effect. You could permanently damage somebody's vision. That's You're, why it's well, a yeah. federal crime to do that to a pilot, for instance.
0: But certainly just in terms of the game, which is what I I'm imagine they were see, trying I'm to do. I'm concerned about the poor man's eyes. You certainly would momentarily right then not be able to see well. yeah, when those right. things first caught on and they hit the price point of like 10 bucks and every 15 year old in America yeah. had one there there was a significant effort at, at least the NBA games where I went to where they, if you even saw with one of those you were, you were out of the arena oh heck yeah. yeah
3: FBI says officers have confiscated a number of drones in the last few days he says their pilots could indeed face jail time and fines are they going to have the uh, dome open or closed yet? Have we as of yesterday, decided...
0: that wasn't announced. Has it been announced? That's right. one of the Super Bowl proposition bets, so it's not known. I don't think. Is it based on weather or security or I think weather? Based
3: on Carl, he's the maintenance guy down there.
0: <laughs> Game time, he just it hey, looks good. He'll flip this way. <laughs> i need
3: some fresh air. <laughs> yeah, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm strong and Getty show the conscience of the nation. Yeah.
0: Going to have to get all the smoke out of there from that Maroon 5 fog machine. Oh, boy. During that hot, hot halftime show. Oh, boy. (laughs) Which we're all looking for. Hey, we're going to talk to Jeff Fowler, who we really like, who's our uh, Washington Post tech reporter. Apparently, an etiquette has evolved
1: for home security cameras. I don't know what that is or what that even means. Uh Uh-oh, I'm probably violating it because I don't know what it is. Plus, I want to ask him about the Facebook and Apple feud.
0: Oh, I don't know about that.
1: Oh, it's bitter, bitter.
0: I'm on Facebook. I'm on Apple's side. I'll tell you that. I don't even know what it is. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
1: The conscience of the nation.
0: on video all the time everywhere you are creeps me out but it's becoming more of a reality um, including walking up to your neighbor's house uh, you can legally do that that is well established law that you can videotape on your own private property certainly it's, it hasn't been nailed down a lot of stuff on the public though and in some cities they're now paying or they're talking about mandating where in Washington D.C. someplace mandating that private businesses have a camera because the, the 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 government can't make you can't put one there, but they can right. make you put one there. Yet another
1: fascinating development in the world of we have this technology now. What are we going to do with it? And what are the rules going to be? Right. And who better than Jeffrey Fowler of the Washington Post to talk to us? Uh, Jeff is uh, based out of San Francisco and uh, is talking about uh, Nest Hello and Ring doorbells and all sorts of stuff like that. Hey, Jeff, how are you?
4: I'm good. Thanks for having me. I love the way that you described my job for The Post. We have this technology. Now what the hell are we going to do with it? That's literally, <laughs> well, what I spend my time every day thinking about uh, for The Post and always happy to talk with you guys about.
1: Well, and, and listen, it's, it's so humbling for me. I realize how dumb I am because uh, all of these mandates and, and risks and uses and losses never even occurred to me. I just thought I got a camera in my doorbell so I know who's out front. But uh, what are some of the big issues that are popping up?
4: Well, uh, look, we're on, uh, I would say we're on the precipice of creepy. And the reason why I wrote a (laughs) poem on this and we're talking about this today is because I think the the, the time to avoid creating a terrifying surveillance state like 1984 is before that happens. You're probably right. Yeah. Harder to to dismantle once it's occurred. Indeed. We need to start having these ethical conversations because the reality is millions of Americans are installing on their own homes and businesses and churches and you name it, uh, video cameras that are connected to the Internet. These are things like um, the Ring doorbell. I have had one for years. Lots of people do. Americans are going to spend $2.6 billion on these connected home uh, video cameras this year. And so the question then becomes, all right, so is it just you and your footage? Well, as you know, with anything that's connected to the Internet, it's not that simple. So now that all this stuff exists, police want to see some of it right so some cities all over the u.s particularly in california are making registries where people can where they the police know who has a who has a camera then in some cities like washington they're paying people to install the cameras you get 500 bucks in washington dc to install a private camera and then in detroit they actually have a program where uh, local businesses have cameras and the feed from those cameras goes directly to the police and the mayor of Detroit is saying that he thinks that all businesses should have to have this. So this is where the slippery slope comes in. It's like, well, what started out is just like you and you like an app that told you what was at your door is already connected. Then where does it go?
1: Wow. This is the, and Jack, I want you to know, I want to let me know whether this metaphor is okay or not. This is the sweet candy that lures us into the van Wow. A surveillance state. That's a little much. Is it? It's a little much. Okay, you, never mind. You, Let me... You're on the precipice of creepy. Your... <laughs> Your Honor, please strike that from the record. We have had some crimes in my neighborhood, Jeffrey, um... Uh, It's the serious crimes, Um, awful, scary, and I live in a place where there shouldn't be any crimes whatsoever unless it's the sort of long-care dispute that uh, leads you to tackling Rand Paul, Um, (laughs) and I know people have security cameras, and I'm starting to think, wow, that'd be great. The cops ought to be looking at everybody's security cameras. This is good. This is really, really good, but it is definitely more complicated.
4: Yeah, look, I think most people would want to help catch a criminal. Right. Like that's that's what's so difficult about this and why we need to have this ethical conversation. Um, Most of us are not criminals. Most of us want to stop crime. And if the police came to us and said, hey, did you happen to catch footage of somebody being murdered across the street? Be like, oh, my God, let me look. Let's try to figure this out. But the question is, where where could that get you into trouble? Where could a world where there's just surveillance everywhere that the police can access or someone else can access because it gets Mm -hmm. hacked where could that get us into trouble? I or just, go, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, and particularly uh, where, as this technology advances, because it's not just video footage, it's also now facial identification. And that's actually where I think the stuff gets most scary. That's a technology that just by having a face, which most humans do, um, a thing can track where you are and knows that you're there. So the question then becomes... Who gets to identify what kind of people are are called suspicious in these facial identification systems? What happens if they get it wrong? Because the technology gets it wrong sometimes.
1: And bearing in Um, mind, as you point out in your piece, all of this will be hacked.
4: Very true. And there was an incident recently in California last week where a family was just at home. And all of a sudden, their Nest camera started blaring out a warning that said that North Korean missiles are coming in.
0: Hmm, Um, To my house? Why would North Korean missiles be coming into my house? I've said some harshly critical things about Kim Jong-il. Well, hey, Jeff, do you have this feeling? I have this feeling already, which I find creepy, that, like, if I'm uh, coming up the elevator in the building and I need to blow my nose or adjust myself, if you know what I'm saying as a guy, I think, oh, there's probably a camera here somewhere. I better wait till I'm in a room. What room could I go into where there's not a camera on me? I mean, that's a weird way to live. It didn't used to be that way.
4: That's true, and that's the world that... We don't want to create because we know that surveillance changes people's it does. behavior. It, yeah. it, it's connected to well, free, It makes you paranoid. Right? We want to be free. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Jeffrey Fowler is the tech columnist for the Washington Post. Hey, Jeff, in the couple of minutes we have, uh, I, I'd love to hear your take on the feud, if indeed there is a serious one between Apple and Facebook. Tim Cook, more and more open with his disdain, his contempt, really, for people who buy and sell private data. Uh, Apple taking a shot at Facebook in their app store. Can you outline that for us real quick?
4: Yeah, it's been a weird week in the um, in the uh, celebrity death match that is <laughs> Facebook versus Apple. Apple is very eager to try to prove to the world that um, it is better at privacy than other tech giants. Um we should put a pin in that. We can t- come back and talk about that sometime, how much better is Apple really. But to prove this to people, Tim Cook first started by um, by some sort of like making fun of, of Mark Zuckerberg in public and saying like, oh, we don't do that kind of stuff. And then this week the, uh, there was like a, a weird kind of coda in that they found out that Facebook had this app that they were paying teenagers to install to that would basically let Facebook – every single thing they did on their phone. Now, they were sort of upfront about it. They said, like, look, look, if you install this app, we'll do that. We'll pay you money for it because they wanted to research, you know, what the kids are doing these days. But they are children. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, and then uh, Apple said, no, 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 no. We don't allow apps uh, that, that come through our app store to do that kind of thing. So we are pulling what's called the the, the security certificates for that app, which is not working. <laughs> But when they did that, it actually made all of Facebook's internal apps, like all the things they used to, like, know when the bus schedule is coming and what's for lunch, they all stopped working as well. So it was kind of a, a thing that didn't impact most of us very much, but internally at Facebook impacted them. Uh, and then, they, then it turns out that Google had a similar app, and Apple pulled that one too. So after, you know, one or two days of this kind of – You know, uh, internal Silicon Valley uh, fighting, everything is now returned to normal, and then the Google and Facebook employees can get their lunch and their buses again. But it really is – it shows that there is sniping that's going on, and Apple is proving that it is willing to do things that – to take action for what it says it believes – that maybe in, in some cases like it's doing more than than the FTC and you know, organizations with the government mm. are doing to try to, to stop some of this behavior. So that's that's the moment we're in.
1: Well, I just I'm glad it's being discussed, and I'm glad Tim Cook is is doing what he's doing, even if it's you know a little bitchy at times. Jeffrey Fowler, tech columnist for the Washington Post, works out of Tech Hub, San Francisco, California. Jeffrey, it's always great to talk to you. We really appreciate the time. Thanks. You bet. Well done. That's,
0: that's the, terrific. That's the second time this week somebody has said to me. Let's pin that. So that's a hot phrase right yes, now. If indeed. you want to sound smart and moving and shaking and you're, you're at the top of your game, yeah. you, you pin things.
1: And listen, it's not quite ready for bookstores yet, but the uh, the uh, volume autobiography, uh, uh, Precipice of Creepy, The Pre-Teen Years, um, <laughs> is just, well, it's in galleys, if you know what that means. It's, it's almost ready.
0: Let's pin that, and we'll discuss that again right. later. When it comes out. Yeah, yeah you got to exactly. say that in a meeting today, I'm telling you. Everybody will look at you. Ooh, he's cool. Uh, well, She's he's, she. That's she
1: that's is managing Up material. and cover.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. So yeah, wow. Uh, I gotta get. Uh, see, I, I just figured out how our security cameras in my house work because the previous uh, guy who owned the place had them. But um, so they're cool, but they're not like modern tape. The media uh, immediately when they're activated. I don't think, but I don't know. But I gotta it, I gotta uh, figure it out because. I want to see what my dog does when I'm gone. (laughs) I'm convinced he sits on the couch, flips on the TV, grabs himself a beer.
0: (laughs) I've given up because everybody, especially younger generations, are cool with this. So it's just going to happen. Nothing I can do about it. I know how it's going to turn out in the future, but nobody cares. The idea that we're just on videotape all the time.
1: Yeah. A surveilled society is a fearful and obedient society. It's and at some undeniable. point,
0: somebody—China, whether it's your right. whether it's your county sheriff or your governor or your president—there's going to be a need for you to organize, and they're going to have videotape of when you and another person get together and have a meeting, and they'll be able to use that again. That will happen. Right? It's guaranteed. It's human history. Or, it's just—it's just the way it works.
1: You're doing something regrettable or sexy or embarrassing or whatever. Keep in mind. If uh, Vlad Putin and his boys could get into John Podesta's emails and do damage with that, what if they get into all of your security camera footage? Because if it exists, it will be hacked. Uh, well, I, I just don't. I don't think there's going in a different direction. No,
0: there's not. There's I, I'm
1: not. I'm a freak about this stuff, and I can't wait to get one of these things installed so I can see who's coming to my door. Hmm. To you know, Jeff Fowler himself, who we just talked to, he's uh, gotten uh, porch pirates busted or turned away or frightened away or something um he's had his i think he does he do a ring or a nest hello it doesn't matter but he's already benefited from it from having a camera yeah yeah and the alarm and and the uh, ability to talk to somebody on your front porch and all get away i'm just get away from me well you can see i don't like your brand of jesus you're (laughs) great or is that Jehovah's Witnesses at my door in this scenario? <laughs> the Bible! Well, that's right, Mr. President. But you can say, you know what, I'm just uh, just out of the shower. Leave it out front. Um, if you think it's suspicious. Of course, you're at the office. You're 45 minutes away. But right. you can convince the people that, uh, I'm just in here cleaning all my shotguns with my three angry brothers. Isn't that right, fellas? Yeah, Street. <laughs> but but and, doesn't that lead us to spend
0: more time being worried about another thing? all day long. Sounds
1: fun to me. Checking your video on your front door. Yet another thing to... I tell you what, I have quite a number of friends and acquaintances who have them. Nobody has expressed any regret.
0: Yeah. I'm not worried about that. It's the cameras all over the place all the time. That's Mm. what I'm worried about.
1: You're afraid of Big Brother? Yes. We are Big Brother. What does that mean? I'm Joe Getty. Precipice of
0: creepy. I'm done. The teenage years. I signed off already. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) I need to get back to our pre-Super Bowl party with more cheese dip that I'm going to heat up in the microwave. On the Armstrong and Getty Show.